Aloha. I'm Desin Hakias. Thank you for joining me with Healing with Aloha podcast. It's great to have you guys today. We bring hope and healing with Aloha, and it is a pleasure to have uh, my friend Andrea Kirst coming all the way from Canada. And so before we begin, um, Andrea, can you share a little bit about what you do? Aloha, Deslin. This is so exciting. I am I'm just thrilled to be here and so honored that you asked me to be on your podcast. And um, I am from Ontario, Canada, and I'm from a small town. Well, I'm living in a small town right now. <laughs> and it's very, very tiny. It's got a river that runs through it. it is, wow. It's beautiful. Wow. We've got lots of lakes. Um, so we're not landlocked necessarily in the sense that we don't have any, but we don't have any oceans, um, quite near us, but, uh, I've been living up here for about a year and I am a full-time coach. I, I coach people, um, on helping them to find their life purpose and, and helping them to discover their God-given identity and what, uh, lights them up and empowering them to take those brave steps. And I'm also a podcast uh, host myself as Yay! well. Yay! Yeah. I host a, a podcast called The Courage Cast. And I wrote a book uh, almost a decade ago now called Decided <laughs> Purpose. So I do a few things, but. And don't well, forget your voice lessons. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I am a, I'm a voice and piano coach as well. I've been doing that. Uh, probably since I graduated college, which I won't tell you how long ago that was because it was a long time ago. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I think it, it's great that we were talking about how we can be so multi-passionate and I, and I can see why it's important for us to, to do what we're driven to do. Um, I'm interested to know what um, led you to, to become a coach? Well, you know, it's, that's a great question, actually, because I was working full-time in ministry at a church. Uh, I was uh, working with a, a phenomenal pastor. His name was Don Noble. And I was just talking to him about how to grow leaders within the church. And I was feeling a little bit stuck at the time because I felt like we were trying to tell people what to do, but we weren't giving them the tools to show them that they could figure it out on their own. And so he suggested that I go through a process of coaching myself. And when I did, I loved it so much. I thought this is so valuable for myself to learn how to uh, help other people that it was something that I wanted to do and become a coach. So I said, you know, I'm going to get certified as a coach. And he's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and so it kind of started with that. And then it just morphed over time. So it wasn't something that I thought I was going to do necessarily full time. It was just more of a, a An side idea. hobby. Yeah, exactly. It, and, and, you know, um, can you explain the difference between what you were doing before with leadership and how you transformed into oh, yeah. style of um, like coaching people? Because in essence, it's finding the, the best in them and bringing it out. Yeah, I think that typically different. <laughs> oh, 100%. I think that if if you are a leader in any capacity, whether it's in your community or whether it's in a church setting or you're a supervisor, you know, in your job, typically what people are doing when they're leading people is they're telling them these are, 
you know, the milestones we want you to reach. These are the outcomes that you need to achieve. And these are the best ways in order to do that. But I think for most people, they find that difficult because they're not able to thrive within those um, parameters all the yes. time. And those boundaries for them are difficult. And so oftentimes they, they don't succeed and they don't achieve those milestones set by their supervisors, their leaders, their pastors. And then it creates a disconnect between why they decided to do it in the first place. And uh, coaching gives people the opportunity to find ways to do it themselves and empowers them to find solutions and, and to really come up with the best ways for them to see success manifest in their, in their lives, in whatever area of life that is. So a coach, a good coach is probably not <laughs> going to tell you uh, what to do, but they're going to tell you how you can figure out how to do that for yourself. And uh, they might provide suggestions and advice along the way, but they're, they're definitely going to be there to empower you, but not to instruct you or tell you how to do it. Right. Um, do you feel that like with coaching, it's a lot of um, accountability to what the person desired and then patience because we can have great plans and dreams and goals, but sometimes we find out along the way that uh, maybe we should break those goals into smaller parts, <laughs> you know, because then we stress ourselves out trying to achieve that goal on the way. Oh, yeah. I think that a lot of the clients that I work with, you know, I see a big picture. So for, for myself, when I'm coaching them, I can tell that there are so many things that they can do in order to get to their desired goal. But for them, they, they don't always see that and they have to work through those obstacles and trying to figure out how to get to where they want to go. And mindset is huge. Whether or not you believe that it's even possible, whether you believe that you can do it, there are so many uh, barriers that people have to break through. So I think the main goal of a coach is to help a person get past those barriers and to really unlock their mindset so that they can do it. Because I can see all the potential in the world for you. <laughs> Yeah. But if you don't see it for yourself and if you don't believe it for yourself, then you won't be able to get where you want to go because I can't get there for you. So exactly. Um, what, what is an example um, that, cause I know it's important to have a growth mindset, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and that's like your inner belief and desire to, to move past things. What is one like common denominator that you see that, an obstacle that comes up with people's mindsets. Um, Cause you know, like the podcast is like healing with Aloha. Um, it's hard for us to heal. If our mm -hmm. mindset is, is, is fixated on the problems or the situations that even, and what is like a simple um, common denominator you notice that keeps popping up for people from all walks of life? You know, when you think about grief and loss, and I think that maybe a lot of your listeners have experienced grief and loss in some way in their life, whether it's through uh, the loss of um, a person, a relationship, a job, wow. an opportunity, you know, or even th through what we've been going through over the past few months, there's been a lot of loss. I think a lot of the times that a common denominator for people is to bury themselves in shame. 
Mm. And to, you know, think if I only had done this or if it only had been this way or, um, you know, wanting do overs in senses with people or with opportunities. And and so that keeps them really bound up in being able to move forward because they're so fixated on what they could have fixed and kind of, you know, heaping that shame on themselves that they're not able to see, you know what, I, I need to actually move past that and and realize that I can look at what is possible and and start over again and start anew. And I think that shame for people is, is really difficult on whatever level, especially if it's, you know, a loss of a job or loss of relationship with someone that they really cared about. And all of a sudden that's gone and thinking, okay, well, now I'm not enough or... Mm-hmm you know, uh, I don't deserve this, or I, you know, will never measure up. And those little, that's totally, I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) And those little um, phrases that go through our minds and become part of what we think about ourselves are the things that, that really have to be rooted out and the truth spoken into, and then to rewire what we believe to be true about ourselves. And I think that's a process. I think that, you know, that takes time to, to be able to go, okay, what is the truth? This is not the truth. So what is the truth for myself? And I think, you know, a lot of shame can cover up a lot of those things and keep us um, hidden, keep us small and um, keep us trying to play safe. I, I, I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think um, the the shame causes you to blanket yourself like a blanket in fear, yes. um, whether it's fear of success or feel of fear of failure. And so then you just become paralyzed um, to go forward because you're like, ah, what if I'm successful? And then what do I do when all these people want to work with me? Like if, if like for a business person, right? Or, you are you are so on to that. That is like really oh, 100%. and I mean that is the thing. I think that people they it's the uncharted territory, the unfamiliar territory. It's like what if I am successful? <laughs> then what? You know, like let me ask you: if you were thinking about yourself and you're thinking about you know the possibility of success in your life, you know what would you be concerned about? You know, I got divorced. So this is good, guys. You guys can all learn from this. So I got divorced back in 2009. And um, when I was like slowly moving forward, pursuing different dreams and whatnot, I was so used to being hidden. There's things in the marriage that like, I I felt like I felt so insecure and I felt so unloved and rejected. Um, Coming out of the divorce, I have to get a lot of help to, to overcome that that when I was pursuing being an entrepreneur, people started noticing me, but because I had this view that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't important or smart enough that people would see me and would see that part of me instead Mm -hmm. of seeing like when I was teaching Zumba that I had something to give because I've always loved dancing my whole life. That when I was teaching dance, that I had something to give but in my mind I would literally get anxiety every time I went like I could I, I was fearful of standing up on that stage and teaching the class but after I did it, I was fine 
it's just that fear like I, you're not supposed to be here like that was mm. the ongoing voice like you are not supposed to be here like in the midst of your success you're not supposed to be here mm-hmm. and and it's not true mm-hmm. and when you think about you know just even relationally you know when you're you're coming out of a, a relationship a marriage and and you're being in a place of like now i'm seen in a new way that's unfamiliar and that you know if you feel like you weren't seen to the extent that you felt like you could have been seen within a relationship all of a sudden that can be scary that can yes. feel really hard because stepping into the spotlight or stepping into your power or your story or your full identity is something that is exposing Mm -hmm. it is something that you know brings to light um possibility of rejection possibility of failure possibility of things that you're like maybe i want to avoid those things because they're hard and i don't really want to you know but in the same way it's also what a beauty to be seen and to be known and for your story to be told. But I think that is a lot of the reason why we are afraid to step into what it is that we feel like we're supposed to do with our lives because we're uncertain of like, well, what is that success going to mean? How will it look? Will I have to defend myself? Especially right now with cancel culture, I think people are so worried about saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, people rejecting them. And, and I think that on every level, we're all afraid of that rejection uh, when we step into that, we that are. sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I can say that I, I did struggle a lot with fearing not good enough feeling but when I did the dancing every time I showed up I would feel like major like physical anxiety like I can't do this I'm just like scared like shaking um Mm -hmm. but then as I'm going through it and process and see all the smiles in the audience and then talking to people and just seeing people um feel better about themselves and and it was just me doing what I love you know absolutely um it was worth it and so um, even like now doing the podcast you know people think oh yeah you know you got this no I still have fears I have insecurities it's just uh I just tell myself you know I'm love and I just want to be an extension of love and to empower people and to give them an opportunity to share their stories because someone will benefit from their vulnerability and I think just being honest and upfront um, with people um, it steers it takes away all of that 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 fear because mm-hmm. okay here it is I'm just gonna put it out there and then anything else is like there's nothing hidden I'm telling you yeah you know you know there's I love what you said about you know when you're dancing when I'm working with voice students um, this is something that I didn't always do when I was a voice teacher because I didn't know about it but I, I do it now and I think it applies to movement in any capacity. So if you're a dancer or you're in any kind of um, fitness, you know, realm or anything, mm. our bodies physically outwork what is happening inside. So emotionally, and if we feel like in any way that we're bound up or that we're trying to process through emotions, 
that will actually come through physically. So if you're getting up to stand up to dance and your body feels that anxiety, it's actually processing through your emotions. Okay. So a lot of times, like when I'm working with my voice students, I talk about before they're going to sing anywhere, I say, let's talk about like, what are you feeling? What's going on in your life right now? And when they're able to actually talk through what's happening, they're freeing their physical body because singing is also a physical thing. Oh yeah. They're, it's all mental and physical. <laughs> yeah. They're freeing themselves up to actually open themselves up to sing. And so I want to encourage anybody who's like maybe even feeling like they get up to speak, they get up to sing, they get up to dance and they feel like this anxiety coming over their body. If you spend a little bit of time prior to when you're going to get up there and do that, really writing out how you're feeling, allow those things to pass through you. Okay. Open yourself up, just be vulnerable to them because it wants to come out. It wants to come out through you. And so a lot of times, like I'll have students in, in uh, working with me and they'll start crying oh. in the middle of their lesson. And, and I'm like, and they're like, I am sorry. I didn't mean to start crying. I'm like, no, no, that's totally normal. It's because it's the fear, their fear of going in front, like just doing it's it. All their body is responding to the emotions. Oh. So as they're trying to sing and they feel blocked, their emotions are trying to come through and they're like, I don't know why I feel so like, this. and it's sad or so you know and I'm like it's just your emotions want to come out and if you talk about them and you acknowledge it and you say this is what's happening and this is what I'm going through all of a sudden it opens you to be able to allow that emotion to go through and for you just to open up and share what it is with, that you have with the world so whether it's a message whether it's a song whether it's a dance whatever it is it needs to come through you, but you also have to be honest and vulnerable with what is happening in you as well. That, that's a great technique. I, I definitely want to try it. Um, I have to confess, um, I've always loved singing. I grew up singing karaoke. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yeah. But um, same, same thing, what you tell your students. Uh, I can talk and dance because I feel like I can be more masculine. Like, you know, it's like, ah, I can do hip hop and just cool, right? But for some reason, singing, I just feel like you're naked and you're so vulnerable, <laughs> you know, like my voice. So I, I have a rasp, like a hoarse, raspy voice. Mm -hmm. But when I sing, I sound very feminine and I don't like it because it just sounds so girly. I mean, nothing wrong with being a female. It's just, it depending on the song, sometimes like I, I just want to cry and it, and it shows in the in the, the singing aspect but like do you find that that's why sometimes these steer your students away from songs if you feel like it's too much like maybe help them start their voice lessons with a upbeat song so they won't get so emotional if that's what they have to perform later I don't know like what they're coming to you but do you find that makes a difference in what song choice they have Absolutely. There's one woman who took lessons for me. Her daughter was taking lessons for a long time with me. Fabulous singer, a 15 year old. And the mom who is my age decided to take lessons as well. And she was, wanted to sing this one song from um, A Star Is Born. It's uh, a, one of the Lady Gaga songs. And oh, wow. It, and every time she started to sing it, she was having a really difficult time. She was blocked. And I would say, there's something that has to come out of you. And I feel like that you're not connecting completely with the song because you feel as though you can't own 
what this song is saying. The lyrics. And yeah. And so we actually stopped singing that song. We, we moved to a different song for weeks and then we were returning to it. And I said, let's do that again. And she's like, I don't know if I want to do it again. And I said, well, let's try it again. Let's see what happens now. And she sang it. And the first time she sang it, she opened right up and she was wow. like, wow. And she had the moment where she said to, to me, she's like, I feel more confident now. I feel like that I have come into my own, that I've stepped into, you know, just this newfound sense of confidence Aww. because of, of having vocal coaching with you. She says, I just feel like I can own who I am now. And, and it came through through her singing. So when she was starting with one song and was having such a difficult time with it, we just put it on the shelf for a little bit. We worked on some things. She came back to it, opened up and was like, woo, there it is. So, and you know what? It's interesting you say about your, your tone of your voice, because for me, I have a, like a lower speaking voice and my singing voice is different. Is it so proud? Yeah. And so people always think when I sing, they're like, I would never have thought you sang like that because I don't talk like that. And so I think that there's an inch, but you know, what's all parts of us. And I think that it's all, everything that just wants to come out needs its own, um, its own energy to come out. So like we have masculine and feminine energy within us. And so all of if us, you're, men and women, yes. yeah. So if your feminine energy is a singer, then let her sing. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> you know, but if your movement is more masculine and it needs to kind of have that, you know, that kind of movement, then that's, that's good too. I think that it's just parts of us that just want to express and be, you know, and sometimes that feels, uh, some, some of that energy being expressed feels vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the movie, The Greatest Showman? I love that movie. I love that movie. So you know that song that is the, oh, like there's two songs that I really love from that movie. It's um, This Is Me and Never yep. Enough. Yep. Love like, them. To, to just hit those notes, it, it comes from your soul. <laughs> yes. You know, like this, oh my gosh, Never Enough is like, oh, like just watching it, the video and then singing is like, it's so freeing. Yeah. No, I have actually have some of my students do both of those songs because I love them so much. Yeah. That's it's such a great movie, great acting, great message. And the music's fabulous. So yeah. Um, When you, when you think about those two songs, sorry, I'm just going to intertwine your coaching for voice and then also for like, just, yeah, absolutely. Um, What can you extract from just that song and helping like a person? Cause you know, I, my therapy, because I've been through so much trauma growing up, and then my sister and my dad dying from vehicle-related accidents, music has honestly been an art, like painting, mm-hmm. has grounded me, and dancing has grounded me more than anything in this world, you know, and I, I believe God has blessed people with gifts, and those people who are surrounding music and art has been instrumental in my continuous therapy through my trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, those two songs what is it about those songs that it just instills power into people to believe to because it, it'll if you listen to the words it helps you break your mindset in the oh, negative absolutely. mindset 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, um, you know, it's one song in particular, Never Enough, is all about kind of coming into your own, right? And just even the chorus, never enough, never, never. And, um, and I think that we often have one view of ourselves and one view of our lives. And when we can change perspectives on that, that is when we kind of move into that new place. And the, the greatest showman, that's all like the storyline embodies that so much where it's, you know, we think, we think we're one thing, but we're truly created for something else. And, and we go through a lot of trials. We go through a lot of hardship, a lot of heartache, and no one is exempt from it. We're all going to have to navigate that at some point in our lives. And I think that, you know, the embodiment of those songs and, and, and like loss and grief, and even sometimes loss of who we think we are is a big thing. You know, like I had an idea of what my life was going to be. I had an idea of who I was. I had an idea of my, you know, family situation and it no longer looks the way that I thought or I hoped it would look. And then we're emerging as something completely new. And, and we, every iteration of who we are just has a layer of just more intensity, more beauty, more character. And I think that's the, the beauty of, of that show. Also those songs reveals those layers within us. And it's like peeling away, okay, that lived experience is allowing me now to do this. Yes. And that lived experience is giving me the ability to speak into people's lives by sharing my story or speak into a friend's life by just listening or being able to, you know, create and draw and sing and dance and cook, you know, some people like for them, that's, you know, cooking this beautiful meal or hosting a party. Yeah. Like it's, I think for everybody it's different. Right. So I think it's like those layers peeling back of the hurt and the heartache and the trauma and the grief all allow us to be able to see more of who we were created to be which is beautiful no i i agree i i honestly think that um you know sometimes like before i used to feel shame about some of the experiences that i've been through and i kind of laughed at it down like ah no that just makes me more relatable 100 <laughs> percent. like my relatability is on point guys you know so when i meet people who have been through so much in life as children and as adults um, I try to impose like don't don't feel shame or Mm -hmm. embarrassed or guilty about what happened just use it as stepping stone because that makes you just more relatable Um, when someone is speaking or teaching or whatever and they have walked through the same situation and they're standing in front of me it's inspiring you know and so that's why it's good for us to be vulnerable and to be honest to be because you just never know who's uh, gonna cross paths with you whether they're reading your book or reading your blog or reading or watching your video um or just in real life you know you someone says something you're like oh my gosh that's me yeah you know and so I think that that that's really powerful I know for myself when you know there's a lot of periods of my life we talked at the beginning before we pressed record about you know just being a perfectionist and um, part of my story you know wanted 
wanted the world to see the best parts of me and wanted to show wait can you back up because yeah sure your first child and what was the pressure you felt growing up the pressure I felt was to be good was to do the right thing was to and and because I was always uh succeeding at things I was getting praise and when I would get praise it would reinforce that behavior reinforce those thoughts and and so I thought I had to be this perfect version of Andrea and so I was constantly and I and you know I was always I was living up to it (laughs) so I know that sounds terrible but I was living up to it but there came a point when I started to just want people to see that and I didn't want them to see the struggle I didn't want them to see anything that I was going through that was difficult. So for years, what I didn't realize was I was actually struggling with anxiety and depression. Mm. So I hid that. And it took a long time for me to actually expose that and to get help in the ways that I needed to and to come out and say, this is part of who I am. This is my story. And then similarly, I'm a single woman. I've never been married. I'm, you know, in my mid forties now. And you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, do I want to share with the world that I'm, you know, a single woman and, you know, the stigma that comes along with being a single woman. And it got, it took a lot for me to actually get through that process as well and, and say, I'm okay with that. And, you know, there were decisions I would have to make within my life that I'm like, I don't know if I want the world to know that part of me. And I think that, you know, overcoming this perfect image of myself and being true and transparent and relatable meant (laughs) me saying that, you know what, it's okay to be in my mid forties, to move back to a small town, to move in with my parents and there's no shame. And I don't have to feel like I failed or like I'm not successful. This was a choice I've made. This was something that, that was good for me. And it was something that was good for my family and, and it's allowing me to do what I'm doing. But there was a part of me that wanted to hide it from the world because what if people didn't think I was successful? Yes. And there, what if and they, there. yeah. What if they didn't hire me? What if they, all of a sudden I, you know, uh, discounted myself. And so I think, you know, in a lot of ways I had, I've had to, I'm overcoming it still. It's not something that's a fait accompli. Like I'm still doing it. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 learning in the process to be vulnerable, to be relatable, to be honest about myself, and that I don't have to show up as the perfect version of myself. I can show up as the messy version of me, and it's okay. No, I I, I love it. Um, just because once you diffuse all of that, and you just say, okay, this is me. Um, whatever comes your way, you can just say, you know what? Yep. yeah it's not whereas when you're hiding I think a lot of my anxiety and my fears and whatnot was because I was I was hoping that people wouldn't see the uh, the parts that I thought was ugly um too but in actuality it it was relatable like I'm I'm in my 40s too I'm my um 45 and I'm a single parent I'm divorced I didn't sign up for this like (laughs) I want to get divorced one day you know and so like the idea like people put upon us in society that we get married, we have kids, blah, 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 you know, it didn't go that way. And so I had to like rechange my whole life thinking and, and shift gears and embrace the beauty of 
being a single parent and being with my grandparents and my parents, you know, like being in the same household and being a support and like seeing the beauty, like to, to the world, maybe they think, ah, you know, you're not successful. You don't live on your own. You have your own house. You don't have a family, but I'm sorry, the grass, I learned the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the, the fence. You just got to learn to water your own grass and go plant some flowers in it too. <laughs> you know, that, that's right. And what's good for you is, is not necessarily always good for somebody else. And that's the thing is I think when we, when we stop looking at what everybody else is doing and just, you know, say, what am I doing? How, how can I live in alignment with what I believe is to be true for me? Yes. And what is, you know, like, you know, I don't know what people's relationship with God is that are listening to this podcast, but you know, what is the divine speaking to you? What is God saying to you about your life? And am I in alignment with that? And when I am, then that's when I'm going to be feel fulfilled and purposeful and able to do the things that I'm, that I feel like I'm supposed to do when I am trying to be somebody else or trying to do something else. That's when it's like, feels so incongruent. And so it's like, you're saying like Deslin, you're like right on the money. It's like, you know, water your own garden, you know, like stay and, and worry about that, tend to it and not worry about anybody else. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, I've been on the flip side of being married and, you know, and having my, I have my son and now I'm on the other side being a single divorced mom. And so when I come across people who are younger and they have this idea of one day I want to get married and have kids is like, embrace being single <laughs> right now love it enjoy it <laughs> because i'm going to tell you when you get married it, it's a commitment it's communication it's it's so much more than you guys realize it's not um the movies it's not real yeah um, the the communication is like 80 percent of the marriage is communication and friendship if you don't have that it, you, you're setting yourself up for fantasy and reality is going to be different um, yeah, now that I'm a true. single mom, I'm like, I love being a single mom. I, I can travel and just go wherever and whatnot. I'm not against love. It's just, I think if you can't love yourself and embrace who you are, um, being in a relationship isn't going to enhance your confidence. It has to come from within. That will preach. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. I get a boyfriend, I'll be happy. No, you need to be happy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you can't be happy now, you'll never be happy with somebody else. No, no. Um, so um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I just wanted to ask you another question real quick. Um, what was, yeah. your, what was the, the core for your book that you wrote? Because I'm excited and I'm going to cheer you on for the next book. <laughs> yeah, no, I, thank you for asking that. I wrote the book in secrecy back in 2012. <laughs> and <laughs> I did, my friends were like, I, I actually had a book launch and they're like, you did what? You wrote a book. And I was, and I did it all. I Googled how to write a book. I wrote, I self-published it. I did everything myself. Um, it was definitely a learning experience, but it's called Design with Purpose. And the whole premise of the book is, just trying to understand your God-given purpose. And I'll give the spoiler alert because I think it's just a huge, big message within it. It's like, it's not what we do. It's who we are. Our purpose and discovering our purpose is not, it's not really always going to be in alignment with what am I doing with my life? It's going to be, how am I being in the world? Mm -hmm. And when we understand how we're being in the world and the gifts and the skills and the abilities that God has gifted us with, 
and the dreams and we try to put all that together, we will do something that is very powerful and that is a lot of impact. But that can change over the course of our lives. We can use it in many vocations. And so the book is just helping women to discover what those things are and how they can use them, how to write a life message. And then uh, the book that I'm going to write that you encouraged me today to write yes. before we press record is all, is it going to be all about one more book? That's right. My, my trilogy <laughs> is all about starting is going to be starting over learning how to, you know, overcome and start over again. When, when you feel like you've counted yourself out, how to put yourself back in the game. And I think I that's going to be it. important. So, yeah. yeah. And I want to say thank you for having me. Like what an honor. <laughs> No, you're welcome. Um, I, I I just think that people cross paths for a reason, and uh, sometimes we don't see the don't see ourselves. And when we come across other people that inspire us, in actuality, we see ourselves in them. It's just we just need to get ourselves to that level. And it's important to surround ourselves with people who exude light and love. Yes. And, and then it, it reflects, yeah, when there's like, it shines into the dark areas of ourselves and then we, we can come to light and stuff. So I, I'm really grateful that we, we met through Instagram of all places. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, I keep coming across people in Canada. So I, it there's something about Canada. Yeah. You know? it's yeah. The, and even on Food Network, I, I, <laughs> I'm like, okay, Canada, I'm a foodie. I'm coming. I'm coming. But um, what is the best way for people to um to find you? I'm gonna have it um on the information. But what what is the best way? Because you know some people live more on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what, what is the best way for people to find you? Well, they can find me definitely on Instagram. My name is Andrea Crisp, and so my handle is Miss Crispy. M I S S C R I S P Y, and that actually comes from being a teacher. And my students calling me Miss Crispy, so I kept it. It's kind of, uh, you know, just a part of me. And then, of course, they can find me on the other account that I have, um, which is at the dot Courage Cast, which is the podcast that I host um, as well. So I'm on both of those accounts. Of course, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me online. There is a different Andrea Crisp, who's andreacrisp.com. So find the andreacrisp.ca. Because it's Canada, because you'll you'll pull her up and go, oh, this could be her. It looks different. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so it's andreacrisp.ca. Okay, got it. Well, um, hold on, I'm just gonna close out. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, definitely check out Andrea's podcast, um, Courage Cast. Yes. Yes. And um, just realize that each and every one of us have has a special story, and that we can have a special impact. It doesn't have to be like us. We're podcasters. Um, I'm about to publish something this year, but it can just be you having the heart to care and to listen to just your family member or someone you meet. Okay. Until next time. Ahuiho.